Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at home. You know, whether you're watching uh, later at or playing catch up or you're really following along on our podcast or any other type of audio, I want to welcome you today. I would so, so, so encourage you to do this because of the scriptures that we're going over today. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, download the message notes. And also, if you have any children, grandchildren, um, neighborhood kids, you can download our kids activity sheet and you can pass that along to them as well. You know, my title today is Greater Is He. We're going to pull that out of one of the chapters in 1 John. We've been on a few week series of looking at end time events. And so uh, really, if you go back a couple of weeks, we've been kind of on a progression. I am going to jump ahead a little bit today. And then in the next few weeks, we'll back up and go through some of the things that affect us uh, as believers as we await the return of Jesus. Today, I want to specifically look at two things. One, which uh, we'll be reading in 2 Thessalonians. We'll read it in 1 John and it's both the spirit of the Antichrist and the Antichrist, the person. But I don't want us to get so caught up. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the Antichrist and looking at all of the things that the scripture says and trying to identify people and personalities that maybe or could be uh, anti the Antichrist or, or like it out there in our world today. But the focus of uh, the Apostle Paul and of the Apostle John of teaching us was to focus on Jesus, our Lord, to remember his words, to take this gospel to the ends of the earth. But these events are signs of the times for us to be aware, especially as we look today at the spirit of the Antichrist. Uh, as we close out this teaching today, I also encourage you, we'll take a moment and do a time of communion together. So if you have to pause the recording or pause the audio, uh, grab yourself some bread or juice or whatever you have, and we'll come back together and receive communion together. Well, I want to pick this up in the verse that we've been reading each of the last few weeks out of Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. These are Jesus's words talking about when he's going to return, when all of these things are going to take place. And he said, but of the day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. You know, we've been mentioning that each and every week because we can't speculate and put a date on the calendar and look at the events taking place in our world to try to specifically say, in fact, we're to live as if he's coming back today. That's the early church did it. Jesus said at the end of Revelation, surely I'm coming quickly. We need to live our lives as if he is coming back even today. Well, let's pick this up with the Apostle Paul's writing to Second Thess in Second Thessalonians. And I, I want to read this along. I so encourage you, um, even after you're watching or listening to this, to go back and read these scriptures on your own as an emphasis of study. In fact, the Apostle Paul is going to clarify some things because rumor was Jesus already came. Rumor was that they were in the midst of the tribulation, but the Apostle Paul is going to do, be doing a teaching 
laying it out to them by letter of events that are going to take place and that Jesus has not returned and we are not in the tribulation, but you need to be aware of these things. And he says these words. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ has come, let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, he who now restrains will do so until he is taken away. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the workings of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Let's take a moment. Let's pray as we've gone through these verses and ask the Holy Spirit, the teacher, to teach us today what he would want to say. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that as we read your word, the Holy Spirit teaches us. There's no confusion in you. Make this crystal clear to all of us listening and reading your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me pick up verse three for just a minute. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come. In fact, we talked about this last week. Unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. The falling away, the Greek word apostasia. You know, um, many people picture it as people just turning their back on the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, I think one of the things that we're seeing happening in the Christian church, and maybe it's just the American Christian church, is a purification of the church. Leaders that have fallen, leaders that are having to resign, those that have been brought up and have been called to teach and to preach, uh, re rejecting Jesus, turning away, uh, falling away. 
But what we do see is we do see an end time of people coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I believe one of the things we're witnessing is the falling away, people rejecting the message. And it's so heartbreaking, especially those that have said that they were called to do so. We looked at this verse last week that says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. In fact, one of the things that we'll talk about today is the spirit of the Antichrist that's already at work in the earth today, the Antichrist. But Paul says the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, we talked about this last week. In fact, the New King James Version, um, this is actually corrected here, uses capital he and he. It's actually supposed to be the lowercase to let us know he who now restrains, he who is holding back all of this to come, uh, it, it will do so until he is taken away. In fact, last week we looked at this, that uh, the Holy Spirit, in fact, we remember this, the Holy Spirit came, indwelled the believers, is the teacher of the church is the one that activates us to evangelism, is doing the workings of, of miracles, signs, wonders. The Holy Spirit, we know this, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the one taken out of the earth. We know that in the tribulation, there are people that get saved. There's signs and wonders that take place on earth, even during the tribulation. The one that is restraining all of the events to take place is the actual church, the people itself that are filled with Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit doing his work. When they are taken away, which we call the rapture of the church, which the Apostle Paul talked about being gathered together, being caught up, these things will now come on the scene. In fact, we'll look at 1 John, because when the greater one lives on the inside of us, greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. We talked about that last week of not uh, the Antichrist not being able to come fully on the scene until the church is removed. But here's what we know today. There is the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist is rejecting God's word and biblical morality. You know, we don't have time to go through all the headlines today. But think about rejecting the word of God. In fact, they, they almost think that humans created the world. And so we just follow what the humans tell us to do. But it's the biblical morality that's getting rejected today. Well, that's the spirit of anti-Christ. In fact, let's pick this up with the, uh, the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 18. Now, we're going to read a lot of verses today. But it's so important that you go back and you read these yourselves. But I want you to listen to the Apostle John. And remember, the Apostle John, the Holy Spirit, used him to write Revelation, which has to do a lot with these end time events, especially uh, really detailed in about the Antichrist. Listen to what John says. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, 
but it is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour. As you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. In fact, Jesus talked about in the end times, there would be those that say, hey, the Christ is over there. In the early church, the, the early, those Jewish leaders talked about a couple different guys that had followers. We know of in our day that there have been antichrist types that have not only deceived people, we have seen leaders uh, of other nations arise to take control of people that have been uh, antichrist. But the antichrist has not come on the scene because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is still present. But John wanted to make sure that there was a distinction between us and the world. In fact, when you read that whole bit, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, right? All of that happened in Genesis chapter three. So nothing new is under the sun, which we, we read about from uh, Solomon in Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new. It's the same trick. It's the same trap. It's the same thing people are falling into. It's the spirit of the Antichrist listening to the wrong voice. Now listen to this verse. First John chapter four, verse one through six. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. Well, what's already in the world? The spirit of Antichrist. Listen to what he says, though. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Notice that he talked about that the spirit of the Antichrist was already at work. That's what we talk about, rejecting God's word, rejecting biblical morality, uh, doing whatever the flesh would want to do, making up your own rules as you go. And we notice that the world is not coming together more. No, it's more decisive. Uh, the lawlessness, just, you know, I, I, I was, I always write down these different stories that we read in the news, it, the lawlessness every single day that's breaking out. In fact, that's why we're to live believing that Jesus can come back at any moment. 
That's why we're to live taking every opportunity of every moment to tell somebody because the spirit of Antichrist is already at work deceiving people and we have to be aware. Now, the other thing that the Bible lets us know, know about too is that there's the spirit of the Antichrist and there's the Antichrist, the person, which as I mentioned before, I believe that the church is raptured, caught away, and then that person will then come on the scene. But before I make any comment, let's read what the Bible says. In fact, you can go back into the Old Testament in several different books and read about uh, the Antichrist. But I want to re read one out of the book of Daniel. Daniel gives us perspective on this Antichrist, the person. And listen to this. Then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every God. Shall speak blasphemies against the God of gods and shall prosper till its wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. He shall regard neither the God of his father, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall exalt himself above them all. Well, if you go back in Daniel, Daniel will talk about several different kings. In fact, uh, we through history can identify which ones those were, but this one's different. This one is gonna exalt himself above all gods, sit in a place above all gods and call himself a God. In fact, we picked this up a little bit in Revelations chapter 13, where the apostle John gives us a more picture of the Antichrist. And it says this, he causes all, both the small, the great, the rich, and poor free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehands. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of man, his number is six six, six. So we get this description of an antichrist. In fact, it, it, we, we won't take time to look at the antichrist himself as a person, um, but he comes to power. He has ultimate wisdom. He's able to rally nations. Some believe he has some Jewish lineage because the, the Jewish uh, nation and people subscribe to his peace treaties. He's able to negotiate peace. We know that there's miracles take place. We know he's mortally wounded. Uh, we know that he, he's going to exalt himself on the temple of God, say that he's God. People are going to be raptured. He's going to require people to take a mark, right? The mark, uh, as we read 666, one of the numbers that pretty much everybody's familiar with when you mention 666, there's a mark that's going to be taken that you have to take it either on the, your hand or your forehead to do any type of business, purchasing food, anything. Now, what's interesting, in fact, I wanted to make a few notes of, of, of this as we talk about it. And, and again, I do not believe 
that the um, coronavirus is the mark of the beast, right? The vaccine is the mark of the beast. But I want you to listen for a minute and think about similarities that are very easily mistaken for things that can become so natural for, for us to fall into a pattern of accepting things to do and buy and sell and do business. In fact, the Bible is so clear that Satan's intent by uh, this 666, it's not a means of survival, it's, it's to turn over our lives to make a decision. Will we follow, right? Jesus Christ and stand for him and refuse the mark despite the hardship that is uh, promised? Or will we give in to the loyalty and demands of the Antichrist and receive the mark? Now, here's what I believe, that you, me as a believer, that we're not here when this happens, but the Bible lets us know that there are people that are saved during this time. And we know it's so important not to take the mark of the beast because with that mark, with that mark is the allegiance of denying Christ and, a, and allegiance to the Antichrist. Well, listen to little signs of the time when we talk about the mark of the beast. Recently, the San Francisco Giants opened up their uh, home opener. In order to enter the ballpark, fans would need to bring something in addition to the ticket. They were going to have to prove that they had received the COVID vaccine or they were going to have to show a negative COVID-19 uh, test within the last 72 hours to go to a ball game. A growing number of colleges and universities say the COVID vac vaccine will be mandatory for students before they return to campus in the fall. Also, if you've been fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and you're planning a, a trans-Pacific travel to Hawaii, this might be the summer that you would be exempt from any pre-testing and any quarantine. In fact, the state of Hawaii is announcing that it's looking into a program to only allow um, vaccine people to come to the Hawaiian islands and to travel between the islands. Let me go on. Spain has just said it opens to open up for overseas travelers in June as it plans because the EU, European Union, is doing a looking at a digital wide certificate that is currently right now at the European Parliament to allow people to travel uh, within the European Union only if you've been vaccinated. Israel has a green pass and it's used, if you have a green pass, meaning that you've been vaccinated, you will be able to enter venues like gyms, swimming pools, restaurants, cafes, hotels, sports venues, theaters, cinemas, and other exhibitions. So notice that already, and we know that um, pretty much children in the United States have to have certain vaccines to go to school, but notice right away, travel, going to venues, all are going to be requiring a vaccine. Notice how things start. Things start by requiring things that most people will get vaccinated, you know, or most people will go get different testing but this is going to be different with the Antichrist is you will have to receive the mark 
to do any business. But notice the conditioning. If we're so easily conditioned to this, how much more will people just fall right into this to do business? But remember, the focus of all of this that's taking place isn't on the Antichrist. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Let's look for just a minute at the church. If we look at churches in California alone, remember churches in California had to stay closed. Churches uh, that were doing outdoor had to you know, watch their singing. Um, it was only until several, in fact, I believe it was seven different uh, United States Supreme Courts ruling about the church were churches allowed to open up with a certain percent as long as they didn't sing the whole bit. But why was, if churches had to be closed, why were strip clubs allowed to be opened? Why were Hollywood movies allowed to be filmed? Why were um, these Hollywood or these television shows that had to do with singing competitions allowed to be open? Why was it the church? One church, in fact, uh, um, in the Southern California area, uh, for a brief period of time, changed the name of their church from something to something strip club. And even the pastor on a Sunday morning stripped off his tie to let everybody know, okay, now we're legal. We're a, we're a strip club of a church. Why was it that churches were the ones being targeted in all of this? Churches, the spirit of Antichrist. You know, uh, recently there, there was um, a list that came out that talked about the top 50 nations where it's dangerous to be a follower of Jesus Christ. More dangerous. It should have been a list of drug dealers, human trafficking. Dangerous to follow Jesus Christ. You see, it's the spirit of Antichrist that's in the world. The spirit of Antichrist that's fighting the church. It's no different than the book of Acts when persecution hit the church. It's no different what the apostle Paul had to go through. There's the spirit of Antichrist. And we shouldn't focus our attention on the Antichrist and when he is coming we should be focused on there's a spirit of Antichrist out there, but the greater one resides in us. In fact, I wanted to read on this one verse in 1 John chapter 4, 7, and 8, because there's a difference with the spirit of God and the spirit of Antichrist. And yet uh, the apostle John, the apostle of love, says this, 1 John 4, 7, and 8, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Let us love one another. In a day that we're living, in fact, let me leave this verse up, it is sometimes the most challenging of times to love others. The most challenging of times. Everybody seems to disagree with everybody. Everybody is, whether they're politicized, whether they're on an agenda. Um, yes, love one another. Let that spirit of Christ be seen. But here's what we don't give up. We don't cower and give up on what God's word says. We don't cower to biblical morality. 
Loving somebody doesn't mean that we have given up our biblical standards and pushed them out of the way so that we can just love everybody. No, the Bible loves everybody. God so loved this world and the world system that he gave his son. There's a standard by which God set. We follow God. We follow his words. We follow his commandments. We obey what he says to do. Again, as I say all the time, if humans created the heavens and the earth, then we follow what the humans say to do. Since God created the heavens and the earth, we follow God's word. We follow God's ways. We are obedient to God. We love people, but we don't give up our biblical standards. We don't give up our biblical morality. We don't give in to the trends of the day that are changing upon day upon day. God's word is true. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word will stand. We are to be people. There should be uh, a difference between us and the world. And the power operating through us is the greater one lives in us. The power operating through us is when we use his words that can change and transform lives. Jesus's ministry changed and transformed people's life. And he did not change for the times. In fact, let's read that verse right again. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I can love you, but I can also say this is what God's word says, and I cannot deviate from what he says. I follow him. My allegiance is to him. Because let me tell you, if you start giving in, It's so easy to be on the slippery slope and follow the spirit of Antichrist, right? We do not give up. We count ourselves worthy to be persecuted and have to suffer because we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, the most important decision that you'll ever make, in fact, and and I pray that I'm speaking to somebody that we are in these times, these last days, these times where Jesus is going to come. And if you think the world is tough today, you have no idea what's about to come. But Jesus came to offer you life, life more abundantly, to offer a way of escape, to offer uh, salvation from your sins, a relationship with him, not him living in some building, him living in you. And if you've never prayed, and ask Jesus to be Lord of your life, I I want to encourage you to do so and to pray this along with me. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins, and today I begin my new relationship with you In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, if you prayed that for the first time, I would so encourage you to connect with us. And our email is info at hillschurcharcadia.org or for whatever social media platform you're following, reach out to us. 
We definitely want to pray with you and connect you on some next step. It's so, so important. Your life will be completely changed and transformed by the decision that you made. In fact, hopefully you've collected uh, some parts so that we can receive communion together. And in, in our time of communion, we remember him. Let me read this one verse out of two different uh, Bible translations. And this is prophesying about what Jesus would physically go through. And then at the time of communion, that last supper, Jesus would institute the last supper for not only those disciples that would be apostles to remember him, but us to remember him as often as we would do so. In fact, listen to Isaiah 53, 5. But he, this is talking about Jesus, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The Passion Translation says this, but it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole. I love this part. And in his wounding, we found our healing. Jesus came not to empty himself for himself, but to empty himself on our behalf, to become the sacrifice of sacrifice, to forgive the sins of the world or those that would accept it past, present, and future, and also to receive a punishment upon his body for our healing. In fact, that last one, I'll leave that verse up. In his wounding, we found our healing. If you would take your bread today, maybe you've got bread or a wafer like I do, and if you would break it, and if we can remember this as we break the bread and receive it, that we remember that Jesus is our healer, and we thank him today as we remember him for healing our bodies because of Jesus's broken body. Let's receive that together. When Jesus took the cup, remember, he endured the punishment to make us completely whole. And in his wounding, we found our healing. So as we receive the cup today, we thank the Lord for our redemption. We thank the Lord for our forgiveness through his blood. First John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today, we remember the forgiveness of our sins that he forgave. Today, we remember that we confess our sins before him and we are forgiven. And today, we remember that new covenant in him as we drink. Let's drink together. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we remember you. We remember you in our healing. We remember you in our forgiveness. We remember you when we read your words and remember we remember the power that you've placed in us because of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit be active in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, 
Amen. Well, lastly, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this one verse. But let all those who rejoice put their trust in you. Let all those who rejoice put their trust in you. And if you would pray this prayer along with me, pray it from your heart. Pray it and mean it as if you're the only one praying it because you rejoice and that you trust in your Lord today. As I give in today's offering, I stop and I rejoice in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I again place my life in your hands. And I have faith in knowing that you are directing and protecting my steps. My giving today is also to show my complete trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we pray today, those of you that, um, whether it's on your job, we pray, pray and bless you that whatever you put your hands to prosper, that you are the head and not the tail, that you are getting promotions, that when you interview for jobs, that you are the one placed up front. And we rejoice and we place our trust in God, our Father today, who is watching out over all of us in Jesus' name. As you give today, you can give to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. It's safe, fast, and secure. If you like to, you can give by mail. You can write to us at uh, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. Well, we read this out of the message last week. Let's read this again uh, this week. I love this translation out of this verse, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the mountains, but where does my strength come from the mountains? No, my strength comes from God, who made the heaven and the earth and the mountains. Your strength today and this week comes from the Lord. We are praying for you. We bless you. Be blessed. Study his words. And remember this, the greater one lives on the inside of you. In Jesus' name, amen.